Amen, amen, amen. We're so thankful that you've come this morning. For those watching online, thank you for tuning in. We hope you feel what we feel in this place. We're so excited to have Brother Shad Holly with us this morning. Yes. We, we're also delighted to have his family with us. Uh, they, they stayed back at the hotel. I guess the boys had a rough, rough night sleeping. So he's coming a little tired this morning. But uh, I think when he steps behind the pulpit, the anointing is going to strengthen him when he gets here. Amen. So I'm sure he needs no introduction, but we do want to give honor to Brother Shad Holly. If you promise to preach with him, why don't you clap your hands as Brother Holly comes. Thank you, brother. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You feel Jesus in this place today. The sweet mercy of the Lord is in this house. If you have in your Bibles, please, if you would turn with me to John chapter number 21. And as you're turning to John chapter number 21, it is my high honor to be in service with you. Y'all look good. Look at this fine crowd. Yeah, okay. <laughs> thanks for your help, Pastor. And thanks for the reminder. I will stay home today. <laughs> And uh, I like to wander off sometimes. So. Anyway, um, it's my high honor to be with you in service today. What a great crowd on Sunday morning. And uh, uh, just so glad that you're here. And uh, I love this place. And um, I'm sure that, that I say it every time that I'm here. And uh, Pastor Heideball, um Believed in my ministry when I was going through, me and my family were going through a, a transition period probably 11 or 12 years ago. And uh, you never forget kindness like that. He is my friend. And uh, um, this is Pastor Appreciation Month. And uh, I don't know what you all done for Pastor and Sister Hideball, but uh, I honor him. Me personally, I honor your pastor and pastor's wife. Are you thankful for your pastor and pastor's wife? I certainly am. I love them dearly. Thank you for the room. Thank you for the hospitality basket. And um, we're just overwhelmed by the love that you show us and the kindness. And uh, um, this is Sunday morning. Don't get quiet on me. Don't get quiet on me. Just for a little bit, we're going to preach a little bit of word, and the Lord's going to move. I feel his mercy so rich in this place today. Hope has a name. I said hope has a name. Somebody shout that name. Oh, somebody shout that name. I said hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. And my boys, and, uh, you know, you're aware that they have autism. And that first night in a hotel room can be kind of tricky. And uh, they haven't traveled with me since March, as far as ministry goes, and uh, because of, of COVID and, and what have you. And both boys were up to almost 6 a.m. And uh, I've been up since about 3. So, 
But the Lord, Lord is going to help us and the devil's in trouble. Is that all right? You have that John chapter number 21 just for a few minutes. And for the sake of time, let's start reading John 21. Let's start reading at verse number 11. If you have it, say amen. amen. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, and hundred and fifty and three. Everybody say a hundred and fifty-three. And for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Next verse. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. Everybody in the building say, come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord. And for just a few minutes, I'm going to preach from this subject. The Lord laid this on my heart. Come and dine. We're going fishing today. We're going fishing spiritually. Is that okay? Could we lay our Bibles down, lift up our hands toward heaven one more time? Oh, Jesus, you are God. There is none beside thee, Lord. We praise you. We give you honor. We give you glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your mercy. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We're going to talk about the Apostle Peter and his restoration. So Apostle Peter, he was kind of a fiery guy, kind of a zealous guy. And uh, he was a fisherman by trade. And Jesus came along and, and called Peter and Andrew, his brother. And uh, he said, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Peter laid down his net, Andrew laid down his net, and they followed Jesus. And uh, anytime you read in the Bible, um, the, the 12 men that, that Jesus picked, and uh, uh, it was a special, special group of men, and uh, you have to realize that they laid down their trade, and, and um, they left their comfort zone, if you will, and and. They followed the Lord. And any time that you lay down and sacrifice something for the Lord, you're going to be blessed. It's not always going to be easy. And uh, it's, 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 it's never going to be um, without trial because we are going to have tribulation in this world, but you can be of good cheer, for Jesus said, you can be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. So anytime we talk about the disciples, we know that Jesus had his circle of 12, and, uh, but within that circle of 12, it seemed like he had an inner circle, and uh, anywhere that Jesus went, you can be sure that Peter, James, and John were to follow. And uh, uh, Peter was, you know, um, I, I, I picture Peter, Apostle Peter is kind of a hothead, always in the know, always kind of yakking, you know. 
pastor says that, and, and he's yakking, well, why, pastor? Why do we have to do that? And, and I can imagine that, uh, you know, he got on the disciples' nerves sometimes. I mean, I said, this is just me. And, uh, like, just be quiet, Peter, and do what pastor says, you know. And uh, pastor calls a, a prayer meeting on Tuesday at 7. You know, don't question it. Just follow the leading of the Lord. We submitted to pastor as he has submitted to God. And, and uh, I don't know why everybody is so afraid of the word of submission. Submission is not dictatorship. Submission is obedience. And uh, it's, the will of, it's the will of God. Christ is the head of the church. And, and, and uh, uh, the church is the head of the man. And the husband is the head of the wife. And, and uh, we are submitted. That's God's divine, divine law and God's divine will. And, and uh, let me tell you something. If you're lacking a little bit of anointing, I'll tell you a good way to get that anointing is if you align yourself underneath the pastor's vision. Underneath the pastor's provision for this church, the anointing flows down. The anointing can't flow on you if you're out here. you got to submit yourself. Just line up. That doesn't mean you agree with everything he says, but you agree and you know and you trust that he has prayed for you, that he has sought God for you. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be outside of the bowl of anointing. I want to be under... The man of God in my life is he is under Christ. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout the anointing. So Peter, even though that he did have these character flaws, it, it sounds a lot like us, you know. Peter did a lot of things good. He really did, but, but Peter had some issues. He had a bad temper, man. He whacked off. He took that sword and whacked off Malchus's ear. You know, a hothead, and Jesus is like, wait, hold on just a minute, <laughs> Peter. You know, and put that ear back on. And, and uh, Peter was just, you know, he was just so zealous and so fired up. And, but we have to learn there has to be a little bit of balance in our life. Do you believe that? We can be so, we can spiritualize everything, and there's some things that don't need spiritualized. And there's sometimes we just need to take a chill pill and come to Wednesday night Bible study and let the Lord speak to us, you know? It's not all Sunday night thrill, and that's wonderful. And then we're going to have a time here tonight, and we're going to have church. But what about that Sunday morning, you know, when the Lord, when the meat of the Word, and the Lord is trying to speak to us, and, and your pastor's been praying and fasting since Wednesday and all week for the sermon on Sunday morning. We kind of look ahead to Sunday night, but what about Sunday morning? What about Wednesday night? I've been in some of the best services in my life on a prayer meeting, on a Wednesday night Bible study. It's the meat of God's Word. It's what's going to get us saved. It's what's going to get us out of here. We are begotten by the Word. Somebody shout the Word. Oh, I feel Jesus in here. You feel him in this place? Clap your hands. The great God of glory is going to restore somebody today. Yeah! Hope has a name, and Jesus is his name. Somebody shout. Somebody clap. Hallelujah. So Peter went fishing, and for the sake of time, the Lord is moving. For the sake of time, I'm just going to tell you a little bit of a story in John chapter 1. Peter went fishing. And, uh, but the time, why did he go fishing after the resurrection? 
And I always wondered about this. And uh, it wasn't until recently that I really understood John 21. And here we have Peter. He was, he was given the keys to the kingdom. And uh, he was out, up on Mount Hermon. And, and uh, he, was, he was included on the Mount Transfiguration when the Lord was transfigured. And uh, Peter was up on the mountain when Jesus went to pray. And, and uh, come on, Peter and John. He's, come on a little bit higher. They're, they're sleeping. Uh, the other disciples are sleeping. Y'all come up on a little bit higher. And uh, come with me. Come up to the mountain. And uh, it was easy. Even Peter and John, they couldn't even make it one hour and pray with the Lord. But, but, but they were the two that, that Jesus said, come on a little bit higher. And, and let me tell you something, the closer that you get to the cross, your crowd and your circle is going to get smaller. And the closer we get to Jesus, the world, some of the world starts falling off. And, and some of these relationships that, that are no good and trying to bog you down, they're going to start breaking off. And, and people's going to start leaving your life but that's okay as long as your direction is headed toward the cross. Ah, may I never forget the cross. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Anybody thankful for the blood? Anybody been washed in the blood? Anybody been filled with the Spirit? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, the blood, the cross. It was Peter giving the keys to the kingdom. And they were up there. And Jesus, he asked the disciples, he said, Whom do men say that I am? These guys have been walking around with Jesus. Peter and John, they seen him. They seen him raise Jairus' daughter. Uh, they they sit and seen and witnessed the miracle of Jesus opening the blind eyes and, and unstopping deaf ears and making the lame to walk and, and the dumb to talk. And, and Jesus said, who do, you, who do men say that I am? Some say that I'm Jeremiah. Some say that I'm Elias. But, but whom do you say that I am? And it was big mouth Peter, you know. No, he said, thou art the son of the living God. And upon this rock, Peter, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church of the living God. Aren't you glad you're in a Pentecostal church today? I didn't have to look at the sign and see what kind of church you were. I knew it was apostolic. You go ahead and praise him, sister. You've been there. You've been through some things. But you come out victorious. This is an apostolic church today. You feel victory in this house? I feel mercy in this house. I feel restoration in this house. Somebody shout hallelujah. Oh. It's Sunday morning. You know, we're supposed to be quiet. But the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. I, it doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you've done. There is nothing that you've done that my God's mercy won't reach down and pick you up and lift you up and clean you up. Oh, His mercy is so sweet. His grace is so amazing. Hallelujah. There's restoration in this house. Peter, gone fishing. He walked with God. He talked with God. He was there. He witnessed the miracles. But it was that same Peter 
that Jesus said, upon this rock, I'm going to build the church. Why would Jesus pick Peter? I mean, he's got so many flaws. And, and uh, it's because he had the revelation of who Jesus is. Peter represents everybody in this building. He represents you. He represents me. Because we are full of flaws. But when we have the Spirit of Christ living on the inside of us, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. With God, all things are possible. So Peter represents you and I. Despite our flaws, and no matter what we may be gone through, we know that Jesus is the healer. We know that that doctor can say, hey, it doesn't look good. Uh, you've got cancer. But I know that by his stripes, we are healed. We've seen cancer fall off. and We have a revelation. You can say what you want to, doctor. You can say what you want to, lawyer. You can say what you want to, but uh, let me tell you something. God has the final say so. God's not through with you yet. I said, God's not through with you yet. Time is running out. Time is running out. But he hasn't come back yet. There's still hope for you today. There's still hope for me today. There's still hope. Hope has a name. And Jesus is his name. Somebody shout hallelujah. Oh, clap your hands. He restoreth my soul. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good. His mercy endureth forever. Woo, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. So He gave Him the keys. Jesus gave Him the keys to the kingdom. And uh, Peter, uh, your name's Peter, and upon this rock I'm going to build my church. But after the cross, after the crucifixion, Peter, he denied the Lord, his best friend, his Lord and Savior, Denied him three times. And, and when they were looking, looking for Jesus, come to arrest Jesus. And it was Peter that was, that was a coward. And, and he was like hiding in the crowd. He was scared. He was fearful. And, and uh, I don't know him. And I'm afraid that this pandemic, this thing that we're going through, and uh, it is kind of, it is injected fear. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. And, and uh, you know, at first we had to, we had to stay at home and, and it messed pastor schedules up and, and uh, we had a whole new way of, of doing things and, and some way, find some way to get, get the saints of God church and, uh, uh, but it has pushed some people into such fear that they feel like they can't come back because of the fear and others it has messed with their mind and, and we've been home and we've been gone so far that church doesn't like me anyway you know I can't measure up to the way that they live and if you you're looking and you're watching online let me submit to you today it doesn't matter where you've been we open we welcome you with open arms you can come back as a matter of fact we will come running to come back to the house of God God's a God of mercy he wants to restore you come home Come home while mercy is here. Come home. 
that is, it's pushed us back in, into a place of fear. And, and Peter was scared. And they arrested, they arrested Jesus. And, and uh, you know, they crucified our Lord. And he paid that horrible death so that you and I might have life. And, and uh, did you ever notice that the only disciple, the only one in his inner circle that was there at the cross with him was John, you know? And he, eventually Peter fell off. And, and any time that, that we walk away from Christ. Any, any time that we deny what this church believes and preach and, and, and any time, that doesn't mean we're not going to make mistakes. The Bible says the just man falls seven times. But you know what? The sin is not falling down. The sin is when you lay there and don't get back up. But you can get back up. We are living in mercy. We are living in mercy. There's a God of restoration in this house today. Somebody shout mercy. My dad. I just lost my dad. And all the, the scripture says the, the, the sting of death. Talks about the sting of death. My dad was a born again child of God. He was baptized in Jesus' name. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. His life was transformed in 1968. He had a conversion. I mean, it wasn't, he was Catholic. I, I don't know. I talked to Brother Bobby um, yesterday, and, and I don't even know if my dad believed that there was a God, and, and he just put Catholic down just to be saying something. But, but somebody invited him to a Pentecostal church, and, and he showed up on that Friday night. And he's like, oh my goodness, never again. What are y'all, what are y'all doing? And he come to the youth rally to play pool and to play ping pong and enjoy food and games afterwards. But, but something touched him in that service. And he's like, never again. But guess who showed up on that Sunday after that Friday? Something got a hold of him. That's why it's so important every time that we come to church. We don't have time to just sit there. If we are apostolic, we might as well go ahead and act apostolic. Go ahead and run those aisles. Go ahead and throw your hands up. Go ahead and clap. We're apostolic. I'm going to do what I have to do to get a hold of Jesus. Woo! Somebody shout, yeah. God filled my dad with the baptism of the Holy Ghost that Sunday. He was baptized in Jesus' name. Oh, but the sting of death. Us down here at flesh, we miss him. We, we hurt, and, and, you know, our heart is torn into two. But, but I was thinking about my dad and, and the impact that he had, not only on me and my brothers, but on, uh, there was uh, probably a thousand people that come through that line, and people told us stories. We, we had no idea the, the, the lives that were impacted by my dad. Had no clue. And, uh, the, well, the, you know, Brother Holly won my brother to the Lord. I had no clue. Brother Holly taught this Bible study and was baptized in Jesus. Jesus' name, I had no clue. And, and uh, that, that was my dad. He was always telling us. He, he was teaching us life is what he was doing. But my dad was a great baseball player, and, and uh, I wanted to be like dad. He didn't force us to play. He, he said, but if you're going to play, you're not going to quit. And let me tell you something today. Uh, time is running out. Jesus is coming back so soon. There's no time to play games. It's time to get in the ship and stay here. Oh, it's time to let the Lord really convert you, transform your mind, transform your heart. Jesus is coming soon. We don't have time to play. So I wanted to practice my pitching. We're almost through. 
I wanted to practice my pitching um, because dad was a pitcher. You know, I kind of neglected my hitting. And uh, he said, okay. He said, he, he, you know, grabbed a catcher's mitt and, and uh, got my glove and got the ball. And, uh, but he took my glove and took the ball and made me catch. And I was like, well, wait a minute, big papa. I said, I'm supposed to be pitching to you. He said, take the catcher's mitt. And he said, you're going to catch me first. So he marked off, what's the little league distance? 40, 40 feet and six inches, something like that. 40 feet, 44 feet, something like that. So he marked it off and made me catch. And my dad was a big guy. I mean, I'm built just like him. And he would take that ball, and we were young. And, and man, he would heave that ball. And uh, he was trying to make us tough. And uh, the thing about dad, he had perfect control. No, no matter where we put that glove, I mean, he could just hit that spot just perfectly. And then, as good as his control was, he would take that ball and he would throw it in the dirt and throw it in the ground and that ball would hit our shins. Like, what is he doing? He's got perfect control. He was trying to make us tough because sometimes in this life we're going to go through some things. And he would say, don't you cry. He said, no boy that I'm going to raise is going to be a sissy. Get back in there. And he made us catch him some more. Sometimes life throws us some things that we have no control over. It's not always going to be peaches and cream. We're going to have some rough days. We're going to have some bad days. But at the end of the day, I have a revelation of who Jesus is. He walks with me. He talks with me. Hope has a name. I feel you in this place, Jesus. I feel you in this place, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Your mercy. We're almost done. We're almost done. So then there was another time I was struggling with my hitting and dad worked out of town, you know, and he was gone three or four nights a week during that, that season of life. And, and usually my middle brother during the summer, I mean, he wouldn't let me or Gabe go with dad, you know, they got to go out and stay at a hotel, you know, after work. And, and he would always find a hotel with a pool and, and uh, uh, just, you know, that was, that was Dason's thing. And uh, I had to be the man of the house, I guess, at 11 years old. And uh, that's scary. Man, I was a chicken growing up. <laughs> I was. Now, I mean, I have to have everything pitch black. And, you know, the slightest noise just bothers me. I put that CPAP machine on and I am toast. Except this morning, <laughs> I heard my boys at 3 o'clock, please go to bed, boys. <laughs> I hope they get the Holy Ghost tonight. I asked Noah. I asked Noah, I said, you go get the Holy Ghost of Brother Hideabaugh's church? Shook his head, yes. Brother Corky asked him if, yesterday, he asked him if he wanted to ride on that dolly, and he shook his head, and he could see his hair moving, no, and he kept it up. He wanted Brother Corky to know, no, I don't want to ride. <laughs> so, Dad, we worked out of town, and, and uh, I went with him this particular time. I don't know why the reason, but I was with him by myself. And he was working in Cambridge, Ohio, I can still remember. And uh, after work, he knew I was struggling with my hitting. And uh, my pitching was okay. I had a little bit of success. And the Lord blessed me. I, you know, I've got the body that I could throw a baseball pretty hard. And, uh, but I was struggling with my hitting, 12 years old, and I couldn't hit the ball over the fence. 
I mean, I made good contact, but I just, I could not hit a home run. My 12-year-old years, like, what is up? So dad was going to work with me with my hitting. So we get to this ball field after work in Cambridge, and uh, uh, he made me pitch to him first. I was like, dad, I thought you were going to let me hit, work on my hitting. And uh, come on, son, you're going to pitch to me. So first pitch, man, I just threw it as hard as I could, and he shattered that ball. I mean, he knocked that ball a mile, and he made me go chase the ball that he just knocked a mile off of me. <laughs> Teaching me another lesson, I guess. He ran the bases like it was some game. My dad, show me, like, you know, this is how it's done. He gets to home plate, you know, celebrating, because now it's your turn, Shad. So the law of baseball says three strikes, and you're out. He pitched that first pitch. He didn't let up on me. You know, he had mercy on me. He wasn't trying to make me tough, but he still was throwing hard. And let me tell you, in these last days, the devil's not going to let up. And he is going to fight you tooth and nail. But that's a good thing if he's fighting you. If you're laying at home and just neglecting to come because you just don't want to or we become lazy, that's one thing. And uh, he's probably not going to mess much with you. But you that are come out to the house of God, you know it's a fight. And he starts on you early because he knows once you get to the house of God, you're going to forget about all your problems. You're going to get the God of glory lifted up. There's victory in this house today. There's restoration in this house. So, pitch that second ball, strike two. Pitch the third one, strike three. I was frustrated. He's pitching hard to me. He's supposed to be working on my hitting. I got mad, aggravated. He said, here, it's your turn. He said, no. He said, get it back in the batter's box. He kept pitching. Swing and miss. He kept pitching. One time, I think I fouled one off. He said, that's all right. Good job, son. Good swing. He said, you'll eventually get it. Another swing and a miss. He wasn't trying to make me tough this time in this season. And just like our heavenly father, he allows us to go through some tough things and to figure some stuff out sometimes. But he's always as close as the mention of our name. We can't quit him and quit coming to church just because we don't feel him or just because we can't see what he's doing. And uh, that was like Peter. He was out. He went fishing. And after the cross and after the, the crucifixion and after the resurrection, resurrection and he was so used to walking with Jesus but now Jesus is nowhere to be found and uh, he went back to doing what his he did in his former life before that Jesus come by and told him to follow me and I will make you fishers of men and then dad would pitch that ball swinging a miss but he kept encouraging me and I want to encourage you today you might fall you might have some struggles but that's okay get back up keep coming to the house of God eventually eventually you're going to come through this prayer line one time and you're going to be healed. That's faith. The devil is after nothing but your faith. He wants to see you to stay down. And about that eighth or ninth pitch, dad threw that ball just as hard. And I don't know, I choked up on that bat and I hit that ball and I hit the ball over the fence. Something I hadn't done all year. And he said, run the bases. He made me run the bases like it was a game. I rounded first. I rounded second. And he, he, you know, he's at home plate celebrating. I rounded third. And when I got to home plate, he hugged me. He started jumping up and down. And he said, you made it. You made it home. You did it. And one of these days, I'm telling you, your service to God 
God is not in vain. You just keep swinging. You keep fasting. You keep praying. You keep singing in the praise team. You keep you keep teaching that Sunday school lesson. You keep preaching your sermon. You keep preaching your message. One of these times, we're going to make it home. Can we stand all over this building? No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, the Lord loves you. His mercy and restoration is so thick in this house. Peter was out fishing, fished all night, caught nothing. Standing on the shore, they didn't know it was Jesus. Throw your net to the right side. After fishing all night, every time they drew that net, nothing. But when they took that net and dropped it off the right side of that boat, there was so many fish, a multitude of fishes. 153. I'm not for sure about the number 153. I'll ask Brother Hyderball after service. I'm not for sure about the number, but it was a more than enough fish for them. And uh, uh, just like today, and the Lord has called you, and, and it's all about the direction in which you are going. And uh, don't let the devil deceive you and tell you this lie that, 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 you know, just because it's more comfortable to stay home. And the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. And it's more than just about coming to church. We know that the church is every day of the week. And we are the church. What, know you not that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost? But when it comes time for us to gather together on Sunday or Wednesday and whenever your prayer service is, there's so much strength. It builds our faith. It, it lifts our spirits and it's fellowship one toward another and He can minister to me and, and I can minister to you and you can minister to them. You have not done something so bad that you feel like you have to stay home. The church loves you. Pastor loves you. I love you. These saints of God love you. But the problem is the devil has deceived us. Well, you don't understand. I denied you three times, Lord. You know, I've been, I've been awful. I've done this. I've done that. Jesus has not come back yet. And wow, He is still waiting to come back. We have to realize that He loves us. There is going to be a time of judgment. And the judgment's for us, you know. Um, judgment begins at the house of the Lord. That's, that's for us saints, you know. And uh, we, once we pick up the cross, you know, there's some things we do and don't do. And, and uh, we're judging the house of God and we have these altars and, and mercy is flowing freely and we can repent and, and be restored. And, and that's what I'm trying to tell you today that it doesn't matter what you've done, restoration is in this house. One more point. It was Jesus on that shore. Said, Peter, here's the Lord. He said, do you love me? Peter said, yes, I do. Feed my lamb. Peter, you ask him a second time. Do you love me? Yes, Lord. Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? 
Peter kind of got aggravated. It's like, well, yeah, you know I do. Do you love me more than you love your fishing gear? Do you love me more than you love your friend John and the other disciples? Do you love me more than your past life? Yes, I do. I think the Lord asking three times is because he denied the Lord three times. And to let him know that, you know, you messed up, but there's restoration. Here's mercy for you, Peter. I can't stress that to you enough today. You don't have to live with that guilt. You don't have, Jesus paid, took care of all of our pain and our sorrow and our guilt and our shame on Calvary. And his mercy is here this morning. Can we lift up our hands all over this building? I tell you, your mercy, Jesus. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. His mercy. Saul had a grandson. Saul's son, Jonathan, had a son, Mephibosheth. Saul was killed in battle. Jonathan was killed in battle same day. But they had a son and a grandson, Mephibosheth. The nurse took care of him. And she was running in panic, trying to run away from her problems. Here, Mephibosheth, his line was royalty. He was a son, grandson, grandson of a king. But he found himself in a place called Lodabar. Lodabar was the slum of the city in that day. It was impoverished. And if you feel impoverished today, spiritually, you feel like the Lord doesn't care? You feel like that He can't hear you because of this pandemic? You feel so disconnected? I'm here to tell you today that King David sought Mephibosheth. His friend's son went to the slum of that city and invited Mephibosheth. I know you have issues with your ankles and your legs, but come and sit at the king's table. And once you sit at the king's table, you can't even see what the problem is. All you can see is your king. All you can see is what the Lord has done for you. So we're going to lift up our hands one more time today. And I'm going to invite you to come and dine at the master's table today. I don't know, you might not, I don't know how you do it on Sunday morning, but, but I'd like to everyone that needs mercy in this place, would you please make your way to the front? I'm telling you, the Lord wants to restore you today. All over this building. All over this building. Jesus is here. His mercy is flowing. All over this building. If you feel more comfortable at your seat, that's fine. But just know that there's mercy here today. In Jesus' name. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I would be hoping. Come and die.